Welcome to the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Together, they have over three decades of experience designing harmonious living spaces. Laura and Angie have guided thousands of people to shift their energy and revitalize their lives. Mindful Design School offers feng shui courses and certifications. Check us out at mindfuldesignschool.com. If you've been listening to us for a while or you're a newbie, welcome. And we hope you enjoy this earlier episode. So this week and for the next few weeks, I'm really looking forward to um, sharing with you some podcast interviews with some of our graduate students from the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. So we have a few interviews with these um, now Feng Shui certified uh, consultants and they're certified from the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. So we have Amy Shellhorn who's going to share with us about seasonal changes with the spring equinox and Feng Shui and then we also have a feng shui bagua garden next and then after that we'll have um, fertility and feng shui and then um, a little bit after that we'll have summer solstice again with Amy Shellhorn so um, I hope you really enjoy this and I found it just brilliant and enlightening. Hi Amy. Hi Angie how are you? I'm good how are you? I'm great I'm just enjoying spring right now. Oh, me too. It's finally getting warm in New York City. Yay. And I could definitely tell this year on the the spring equinox when I went for my walk, that scent that permeates really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, so for the listeners, um, I'm really excited to introduce Amy Shellhorn. She is one of my graduates from the Mindful Design Feng Shui School program, and so she's a certified feng shui consultant. Amy helps families create joyful spaces that nurture and support their unique family culture, and she, again, is a certified feng shui consultant from the Mindful Design Feng Shui School, and she holds a Master's of Architecture from the University of Washington. She's a lead APBD plus C. And her business is called Joyful Family Spaces, and that's found at joyfulfamilyspaces.com. Thank you. And today, um, we are going to talk about the spring equinox. So for um, the Mindful Design Certification Program, we actually have our students create a project that's based on something that they love and something that they understand and, and they're interested in and connect that with feng shui. So Amy did this wonderful review of all the seasons and I'm so excited that um, I asked her if she wanted to share it on the podcast and we're actually going to share the spring one a little bit late after the equinox, but she's going to share with us all about spring and feng shui. And then she's going to, um, in the summer, right before the solstice, um, she's going to talk to us about summer and we'll do the other seasons as well. So we have autumn and then winter. So you, ha- you, all of you have something to look forward to. And I really love Amy's approach. It's very integrative and holistic and she brings together a lot of her experiences. And I think she practices a lot of this with her, 
on with herself, with her family. And it's really something that deeply resonates with her. So Amy, um, tell us about your project and tell us what we'll hear to we'll, what you're going to share today. Sure. Um, you know, I was really attracted to feng shui because it is such an opportunity to connect to the greater natural world and seasonal rhythms are also part of that. And on a personal level, I just have found that when I tune into what's happening with each season, I see how my family thrives, how we're happier. We just feel more joyful. We're more connected to the seasons and to each other. Um, and when we follow that ebb and flow, we really feel um, just connected to the world around us. So, um, and specifically, the solar uh, year is what is driving that. That real change in the light and dark um, you know, has an impact just on our health, on our emotions, like on, on our spirit, and also in our home. And so that's something I wanted to investigate during mm -hmm. this semester. You know what? One of my teachers, Marsha, she says in as part of the flower arranging practice that we do, Ikebana, she she always reiterates that all living things yearn to a yearn and grow towards the light because that's how we thrive. So um, light is so important to us. And I think all, and you're an architect too. All of my clients, like the number one thing they want, architecture clients are like, I need a I need more light. I want to work with the light. And how do we have as much light as possible. So this is so important for humans. Yes, yes. And um, we live in this modern world where we are living under artificial light. You know, we yeah. have it all day. We can, in the middle of the night, it can feel like the day. And so that could be somewhat disruptive um, to, our, to our bodies and our, our emotions. And so this is a way that we can, with this whole modern world swirling around us, we can, we can zero in and focus on some of the things for that season and help mitigate some of those things. Okay. So let's, so why don't we talk about what's happening in spring and what people, and what do you have to teach us? Sure. Um, so, you know, spring is nature's birthing season. It's that time where we're um, creating and developing uh, just as the plants are, are starting anew. Um, and after this long winter, all of these things that, that we've, that have been germinating inside of us because winter is not so much of a still season. Um, there's actually things happening underneath the surface there. It finally comes into full bloom. And so it's a season of ideas. Um, and you might have so many of them, you just are erupting with excitement and, and, and new information. Um, and it's also a time to just be open to the new. It's a closing of the past and, and a new beginning. Mm. Yeah. Um, and in traditional Chinese medicine, this is associated with a couple um, of our organs in our body, so with our liver and our gallbladder. And so it's a time of um, our body is detoxifying and, and working on digestion. Um, our, the tissues that are um, related to this particular, um, to the wood element, which is spring, are our tendons and our ligaments. And so you think of the plants moving and growing, that's a time for our body to be stretching out after the long winter. And in Chinese five element theory, this is, again, this is the element associated with us is wood. The color is green. Um, the quality is growth and it's associated with the east and wind and anger. And for the, um, 
for the listeners, like all of the stuff that Amy's talking about is, is ancient wisdom from the East, but it's, um, it's all the same wisdom that's connected to feng shui actually. So people don't know like that she's actually talking about feng shui at the same time. Right. Right. Um, and it yeah. does connect to the feng shui Bagua map, right? Yes, it does. And so the area on the feng shui Bagua map is the, it's the new beginnings and family area, which is also the three, three wood area. And I think it is definitely intuitive, all of those things. I mean, when you close your eyes and you think about spring, you think about that color, you think about growth, you think about those days where the weather changes. So yes, we're all, we already kind of know these things, but it's great to look back and see how this ancient wisdom is percolating today. Yes. Well, and one thing that I love is that how all of it so beautifully integrates with not only things that you read and all the different um, modalities like Chinese medicine, Taoism, Eastern philo- different Eastern philosophies, feng shui, acupuncture. And then, but then you can see it, like you said, you could feel it when you go out in nature. You just, it's not um, wisdom that anyone owns. It's actually the wisdom that we all have and we don't have to read a book. We just have to open our eyes and connect to to the environment around us to start to see this. And that's how the connection to feng shui really happens too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think about those. It's it, To me, it's like deep observation, you know, over years and years. And now we get a chance to also participate in that. And benefit from the deep wisdom that generations of humans have studied. Yes. So, um, so how can we live more joyfully in spring? Um, so I'm going to share a couple of things that, um, sort of a blend of different, different areas from different areas of my life that we incorporate in our family. Um, one of the things is, you know, there's a lot of pressure in our modern world to really think about the new year, starting planning right in January 1st in the middle of winter. Um, which is our time of introspection. And so this actually in spring is the time when you would want to write down what your health or your life goals are, because this is the time where you can actually put them into action. So it's a time to think about how you really want to feel what you would like to see or do in this, in this season of growth. And we'll consider that to be from spring all the way through summer and into autumn, into the harvest season. So that's one of the things that you can do. Um, another thing that um, they're sort of interesting, there's a, a, a something called the Blue Zone Project where the scientists have been studying modern day people who live to be 100 years old. So this is all about longevity. Um, and these are some, some of the things that they do um, that are specific to spring or that are a good time to, to manifest in spring are starting or maintaining their own garden. Um, or sprouting seeds, you know, if you live in a small space, just having some, growing something for yourself is a great way to feel connected to that growth around us. Um, and another thing you can do is to just really, if you can, try to not use mechanized things as much as possible. You think about just your can opener. Can you, can you just do that the old-fashioned way? Maybe turn off the, the switch to your remote control or your garage door and um, use your body, use that, that system that's wanting to move during this time of year. Mm, yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, and another thing, and the food or there's the wellness aspect in Chinese medicine, um, this is a time where you would 
you would adjust your diet. You know, we live in a culture where we have a lot of the food, the same food all year long, or we order our same thing from the, from the restaurant in spring or in winter. But when you start to shift and say, well, what's in season? So looking at things that those really light tender greens that are, are now sprouting that you could forage or you could go to the farmer's market and, and find, um, so other fruits and nuts and seeds that are available. Um, and also because this is this detoxifying, um, time of year, um, rather than necessarily having to do something intense, like a detox that we, we do hear a lot about, you know, you could just add some exercise to create cleansing sweat to your body, you know, just enjoying that sunshine. That's how I look at it. I, I want to go out in the morning because it's sunny and I can get, get out right as the sun comes up, mm. make myself up. And so, the sunlight is also detoxifying, like, um, yes. and can, and actually can disinfect things like right. your laundry, just putting it out in the sun. Right. Right. And, and having the sun in your eyes, you know, within about 30 minutes of waking is such a great way to start your circadian clock for the day. Ah, yeah. yeah. So then that, that, then you're already creating your sleep habits at night because you've woken yourself up with that sunlight. So. Well, I've noticed that actually, cause nowadays it's terrible. You get up and then you just go to your computer. And so instead, and I've noticed it's actually degraded my eyes tremendously. And so I'm trying to now instead walk my dogs for get up, you know, go to the bathroom and then walk my dogs the first mm -hmm. thing. So then I'm adjusting to even just seeing beyond two feet, right? Yes. Because we're just focusing on two feet and then we're focusing on this computer light rather than being outside in natural daylight and seeing various like, like distances. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And the light that we create in an indoor environment is never going to have the spectrum of the sun. No. And so we, if we can get that free sunlight and um, like for my kids, we always, even though there's sort of this, this feeling like I should get up and feed them right away. I really actually try to get everyone dressed and outside for just 15 or 20 minutes, right. When they wake uh -huh. up before we even have breakfast. So we can just be outside, walk the dogs, go for a short bike ride or jump on the trampoline, just something simple to get everyone moving outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so other things you could do though, you know, is to just nourish your own growth energy by other things like your own personal practice of maybe stretching or yoga, Tai Chi. Um, it's a good time of year to start a practice like that for yourself. Yeah. It's a new, yeah. good new, it's a new beginning. Yes. Yes. And then I, I think the another thing is just to, this is the first time for a lot of people, I, although in California, we don't experience this. I know you do, Angie, <laughs> is that when the snow melts and you actually get those days where you can walk on the grass, um, just taking your shoes off and going for a walk, um, is a very simple way to connect to the season around you. Uh, you know, so funny. I was listening to something and they were like, Oh, you should walk barefoot in the grass. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I took my dog for a walk. Cause they were talking about like how you connect to the magnetic yes. um, forces in the earth. And then of course I stepped on dog poop. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, maybe this doesn't work in New York, New York city. <laughs> right. Right. So I was like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but not, but, uh, I'm just, I mean, I I'll try it again one day. <laughs> you should, you should. And I would just, there's the whole idea is just to experience, right. Experience the earth, to touch it with your feet. And, you know, there's a lot of bacteria and things in there that actually we need. So maybe that's okay. <laughs> 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 
Um, so that's sort of covering some of the things that, that really you can kind of cultivate, cultivate personally, some of the things you can do to nourish yourself. Um, we can also talk about some things for your home. Okay, let's talk about that. I'd like to do that. Um, so some of you may be familiar with the New Beginnings uh, family area of the Bagua. And I know Angie has a lot of this information on her website. Yes. Talked yeah. about it, talked about it before. So, yeah. So if you don't know how to find the New, Be New Beginnings family area of the Bagua map of your home, you, we have um, lots of information at holisticspaces.com on the blog. And, or you could email Amy and ask her. <laughs> I would be happy to help. Yes. Um, and so let's see. So in that area, some of the things you can do are enhance with the colors that are associated with that area. So adding green or blue colors, um, perhaps adding like a living green plant to that area. Um, and, and you could also do that certainly anywhere in your home is to add, add some plants this time of year. Um, and one of the kind of a pro tip I would give would be to go to like, there's a, there was, a while ago, NASA did a study. I think it was in the late eighties about it's called the NASA's clean air study. And it basically selects plants that filter air out of different kinds of toxins. And, um, you can get a great list of plants for free that you might be able to add to your home. So not only are you adding that growth to your own space, but you're also cleaning the air around you. Um, and then this, uh, the wood element is also associated with long, like columnar um, objects. And so this would be a time to bring in a vase or maybe some lighting that, um, bring that into your space. Um, another thing that you can add is like a, a pinwheel or what you would say, like a whirly gig, something that has movement. And this is a great one, I think for families, um, cause kids love this and adding them. I mean, you, you wouldn't have to just do it to this particular area. You could add it somewhere in your home. Um, we do one where we, we take like old artwork, you know, old paintings that the children have done and just cut a big circle. And then I, I cut it into a spiral and then attach like a little crystal, um, oh. and a string. And then I hang it in the corner. Oh, that's so cute. I was thinking yeah. we'd have to cut into a pinwheel. That doesn't sound so easy, but just a spiral is easy. <laughs> the spiral is easier and that's just yeah. moving. And, you know, when you think about wind, um, it's, it, it's that motion that you're seeing. It's a visual motion that you're seeing with the spiral, a little bit different than the pinwheel, but also easier and something it's recycled. You use something you've yeah. already. And it's also, um, you're engaging your kids and it's also not so precious, right? Right. Right. Although I found that I have a hard time taking them down <laughs> at the end, but I, I move them around too. Um, I have, I, I've put a, a couple little hooks in different areas. And so I think it encourages them to participate in the home. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Um, and, and finally the crystal is green quartz that's associated with this area. And that's something that would be nice to, you know, you certainly could wear it um, mm -hmm. and then also place it in your home. Yeah. Cause people, people, listeners, you know, you can also use feng shui for your body. It doesn't feng shui isn't just about your spaces because our exterior spaces are just they're um, metaphorically, they're just like our bodies, which are our body spaces. And then we have spaces within our body, right? And we have spaces in ourselves and we have space, you know, it's um, everything is interconnected and interrelated. So you can definitely wear a whirly gig too. <laughs> you could, <laughs> but 
I like for me, you know, like one of the things I'll do is just, I try to make, I think of the surfaces in my home as like seasonal elements. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even just on my, my mantle, you know, I keep it pretty, um, just a few simple things, but I try to make it reflect the season. So I have two tall vases with some, I, I cut here in California. We, we grow lots of like wild fennel. So I have like some shoots of wild fennel there. Um, and then I have a couple of my crystals there just to, I think as like an anchor, you know, something you can, you can look back to each season. So you could also, um, again, you don't have to put this in the specific area of your home, but you could put it somewhere that, that worked for you in your family. And it's also like in, from Buddhist philosophy, it's a reminder of impermanence and being present now because you see the, like that you'll see the, um, fennel start to wilt and start to decay and start to die. I mean, it's already dying once you cut it, but you see the impermanence of it and the changeability of the seasons and that things are continually moving. So it's wonderful teaching. Mm-hmm. Mm, I like that. That's a nice tie-in. I like that a lot. Um, let's see. And I think the final thing really, or, or the final few things to enhance your home, and we all know about spring cleaning. And I know, Angie, you've talked about that many times before. I personally start to feel a little overwhelmed when I realize how much I have to clean in the new mm -hmm. year. Yeah. <laughs> so um, one of the things that I do is I start by just, I pick one little area that I can either on my table and maybe just, I, I go out and pick some flowers or if I'm at the farmer's market, just start with that something that I can for the first few days look at and just remind me that it's spring. And then I really sit down to plan. And one of the things in feng shui you can do is to follow on the Bagua map, um, the nine star path. So you start with three wood, which is where we are in spring and go to four five, six, seven, eight, nine, and you end then with one and finally with two earth, which is the, and for the listeners, <laughs> you have to, this may be too advanced for the listeners. So maybe we can okay. simplify it. Just do the, um, the three, the three. To start with, well, you to can also go three, through right. different, like maybe go through three areas of your home and the Bagua map that you want to work uh, on. What um, I did was I just, I planned. So I took all nine areas mm -hmm. and I made a list of things that needed to be fixed, things that were needed to be decluttered. And ah. then I tried to add like a few, you know, this was a, a beautiful picture would be look great here. And I just made that list and I'm going to hold on to that. I may not get to it all here in spring, but now I've created that list and I have a plan. So that's sort of how I, uh, and I think it makes it more manageable, um, for, for a lot of people. Who are yeah. So busy. one, so one option would be to do, um, to, for the listeners to pick three areas of the, the Bagua map that they, would like to work on, but include new beginnings and for the spring and then make a list of one or, uh, one or few, one or one thing or of anything that needs to be fixed or reorganized in that area. Right. And then, it, and if, but if you're not going to get overwhelmed, then you can try to do all of uh, all nine areas and, um, but then make a promise to yourself like Amy did that you're not going to get overwhelmed and right. not do anything. <laughs> Right. Yes, it was good. And I, I think having like a starting point always with that area of growth, starting with the new beginnings would be if you, if you choose three different areas, mm -hmm. start with one thing in that area, at least. Oh, that's um, a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, another thing, and maybe it just, uh, also would really help to, 
um, change that energy from, from spring or the beginnings of the ending of winter and the beginning of spring is to do a house clearing or a blessing. Um, spring equinox is that change where suddenly we were day and night are equal and now we have more daylight. And so we want to take advantage of that yang energy. And so doing a, a clearing or a blessing with orange peel, which is a traditional um, BTB feng shui method is something that you might consider in your home. Yeah. So you, so for the listeners, you could do some kind of space clearing that you're familiar with, or um, one of the ones that a simplified one that we may have shared, or you can hire a practitioner like Amy who, or another functional practitioner that can actually transmit to you and work with you on the formal space clearing. Cause there's a lot of techniques in BTB functionally that are, that are um, intended to be transmitted from, from teacher to student or from practitioner to client. So one-on-one and it's actually transmitted orally. So Amy's referring to that, yeah. but, um, but maybe Amy, you can get a very simple version of something that people can do. Right. Yes. Um, we do a lot of essential oils in our home. So, um, I always keep like a, those glass spray bottles around and fill them up with like, you know, like a distilled water or, um, along with some oils and you could put them in drops in terms of how much you would put in there. Maybe something, some, some factor of nine. So you could do like nine or 18 or 27. And then, um, when you move around your space, you would move in a, a clockwise direction. And when I do this, I actually do include my children because I think it's nice for them to just visit their whole home, visit their space and do it in kind of a peaceful way. So I might give them like, I have some Tibetan bells or, or another um, sound device to help include them. And it's just a really like quiet and reverent time, which doesn't happen very much in our modern world. (laughs) So I think adding the oil, you know, the simple, you know, the, the oils, with um, the sound is a really nice way. And I also would say, because this is the season of the wind element, opening all your windows and doors before, um, and just taking a moment to, to feel that movement and, and air out your space is, is also really Yes, powerful. well, especially like where I live, like we don't really open the windows for many months because <laughs> it's so cold. And so now, like actually yesterday, my husband's like, I think it's warm enough, let's open all the windows. And so, so the, so for the listeners, I mean, this comes from somewhere. <laughs> it's, it's actually a lot of it's common sense, right? It's just that we, you know, we, we live in such a speedy world now where we've, we've, like Amy said, we've been disconnected with the cycles of nature that we no longer, um, can connect to them or can feel them and sense them. And, and, and I think all of us understand that a lot was lost in that transition. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Amy, um, before we close up, I wanted to ask you a couple things. One is, um, can you tell us about your business, your joyfulfamilyspaces.com business? Sure. And where that name came from too. I would, I would love to. Well, I, um, I think, you know, one of the, the key things in a home is just bringing a feeling of joy to it. And I try to bring joyfulness to, you know, to my parenting, to my relationship, to our home. Um, because I think, again, that's sort of hard to find in our very busy culture, you know, like really sitting with happiness and joy. So that's kind of where I wanted something 
to incorporate families and I wanted to help families take and look at their own unique culture and see how I could support that in, in their space, knowing what maybe a few of their goals are, um, helping to adjust the space to, to help them bring those into fruition. And so we were playing around with names and um, my daughter is uh, really enjoying feng shui right now <laughs> and has sat down and made a list of all these different things. And she's the one that actually came up with um, yeah, and she's she's also available for branding. Right. Go to joyfulfamilyspaces.com right. <laughs> for branding um, but, services. <laughs> right, right. She she would she would definitely she'll be a part of it. But I like too that she is a part of what we're doing together, and I get a lot of ideas from them. And a lot of these things, again, I'm doing with my own family and bringing in not just feng shui but other ancient wisdom. Um, from that, that, that has just been around for a long time and trying to find a way to fit it into our own modern life. Wonderful. And, um, so, well, thank you so much for all of this. I, I think that the listeners are probably going to be like, Whoa, it's so much. <laughs> right. Um, and it's probably what you were thinking when you're writing it. Well, it's cause you could go on and on and on. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But I, maybe we go back to that, that planning where you actually just, you do pick one area to start with, um, yeah. to really catalyze the change that you're, that you're wanting to see. Yeah. I think it's good for, if anyone's going to do this, um, to, to do what's possible for you. So it's manageable and not overwhelming. Um, so for the listeners, I'm really, I'm so really excited that Amy will be back at for each season. So we're going to time the next one just with the week before the summer equinox. And the next one will be great because you'll also give us some family rituals that you do that relate to the trans, those transition, the special transition days. And then, and then um, maybe we'll have, we'll have you for every season, then maybe back again before spring. Cause you have some things that you do before spring equinox too, that I would love for you to share. Yes. Then we get the full yearly cycle, the full yeah. rhythm. I would love that. Thank and then you. we'll have to have you back talking about joyful family spaces. Cause that's another thing too. Like I don't have children. So, um, there's a whole other aspect of that. And I really love that you're, you're, you're working with your unique voice and, and what you're interested in, what, what you can offer. Cause it's definitely different than what a lot of people offer. So, um, so for the listeners also, Amy is, you can find Amy at joyfulfamilyspaces.com and there'll be a link to her website on the website at holisticspaces.com slash podcast. And, you know, so Amy's now a certified feng shui consultant. So she's available for services, especially if you're you're a mother or, um, want to work with your family or specifically even a young family. So Amy, like, like Amy homeschools, there's so much more about Amy. That you don't even know. So, um, but it was such a delight to have you. Oh, well, thank you. I've just enjoyed, um, I've enjoyed our time and I'm excited to talk more. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this earlier episode of the holistic spaces podcast. Now you can tune in every Monday for a new podcast episode. If you like our podcast and this episode, please share the podcast with others. Subscribe and even better, leave a review. If you'd like to explore the world of holistic spaces and feng shui on an even deeper level, 
please visit our website, online store, and blog for more information about feng shui and holistic living. You can visit holisticspaces.com. Support the podcast by checking out our certification and mini courses at mindfuldesignschool.com. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.